said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. Because it's all part of the plan. I'll be back. Are you not entertained? You talking to me? It's time. Here's Johnny. For the Deluded Film Dive Podcast. Drink your milkshake. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. I'll have what she's having. And now, here's your host, Jess and Uncle Gary. Get down. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. It's Diluted film dive i almost forgot the name of this podcast that's how long it's been it's been too long we're not editing that out let's go so it's been a long time hasn't it hello gary hello Karen. how are you i'm pretty pretty good long time no see and what have you seen actually how are you i'm good it's been a while i mean i think both the uk and canada have opened up since we've last podcasted so anytime we've been free both of us we've been like enjoying the world for the first time after 18 months so we do apologize we did have a bit of a mishap where we both one of us thought one movie was the next one and the other one thought another one was so we watched different movies yeah Uh, and then we didn't talk for a week because we were both angry at each other real stuff happens (laughs) all right but like family comes together right (laughs) um i've been good it's um it's been good i changed sites for work because I work between three hospitals. So I work at a chill yeah. site now. The chiller site, excuse me. So I'm happy about that. Um, and I avoid all the traffic because of the construction and stuff like that. Um, watch-wise, I've been watching um, Ted Lasso. Season 2 has come out. The first three episodes. Yeah. Um, I know you love that movie. I, 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 you, you mentioned it over the past few months to me now. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. But then I got bored one night and I thought, I'm going to click onto Apple TV. I've never used that thing. And then first thing that pops up is Ted Lasso. And I'm like, oh, let's give this a go. And it, realistically, it's like it's trash TV, but it's addictive. Like I, I'm enjoying it at the same time as I think it is. Like, all the British actors in it are like awful actors. No, I think, I feel like it's more feel good if you're actually from like North America. Yeah. Okay. It might not necessarily, like, because, yeah, but it's it's a great show, man. Like, especially how happy-go-lucky it was during mm-hmm. the time of the pandemic when it came out. Yeah. Um, it was it was quite good. And um, Bill Lawrence mm-hmm. uh, is the showrunner. Uh, he's done shows like Cougar Town, um, Scrubs. Um, there's that one airplane show. I can't think of the top of my head. Uh, but whatever, but he's 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 done a lot of stuff. So like, and like, I know you're not the biggest fan of Scrubs, but like, Scrubs is one of those shows. That it really it really holds true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I I know they have a three season arc ready. Okay, okay. So there's only so much that they're doing, right? So it's 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 gonna be interesting. Uh, but anyways, I digress. Um, I watch Mr. Corman. Which is uh, another Apple Plus show, actually, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who was the um, man of the hour for our first podcast. Yeah, that's it. If yeah. you guys realize, um, he plays a teacher who uses magic realism to get through life. Pretty much, I think that's pretty much the best way to put it. Um, 
It's um, it's a bit of a downer. I'm gonna be really honest because he they <laughs> they get they, no. I mean, they they do real things. Like they're not like sugarcoating anything. They okay, really yeah. are. It's kind of the opposite of Ted Lasso, where he's just really literal and visceral about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it's. I watched the first two episodes and um. I feel like it's it's not like Ted Lasso, so I feel like it's gonna get a lot of like flack. But I I do. It's JGL. He's produced. He's written. I think he's going to direct a few episodes. So that's pretty cool. But he um, wrote it. He's wrote a few episodes. It's a TV show. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I think the basis is like, I feel like he came up with the idea. Listen, we're not doing a Mr. Corman podcast right now. I'm sorry, but no, uh, fine, fine. no, no. I, mean, I don't know. I don't have any of the back. Oh, okay, 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 yeah, okay. Um, I've been watching Animal Kingdom, which this is trash TV, but I'm okay with that. It's based off a you uh, an Australian film called Animal Kingdom with Joel oh, Edgerton. With that, with, is that like the one with like the drug lord family or something, or drug dealing family or something like that? I, I think I've seen that film. They're they're not this. They're not drug dealing, but they're they're like petty crime or petty theft family. So they're oh, raw bags. Yeah. So in the film, it's like one job, but it's a TV series. Okay, they turn it into TV. So yeah, so it it's. The music's pretty good. It has like an OC feel. Do you remember the OC? Yeah. Because it's an orange, ca- it's an orange county this time. Um, okay. Do you watch Peaky Blinders? Yeah. Do you know the young guy, the nephew, um, Paulie's son? Um, one second. Uh, the young guy? Is he one of the, the youngest, brothers? No, he's not the one young... of the brothers. He was like uh, uh, Finn. No, sorry, Michael. Uh, sorry, oh, the, show you. the even younger one? Oh yeah, I know you mean the one that like the adopted son, or he went on to adoption, or like yeah. He was Paulie's uh, son, I believe. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but he's uh, one of the leads. He's the mm-hmm. I would say he's the lead. So, um, he's a really good actor. I think. Um, yeah. uh, no, he's. I think he, he's he's doing a movie with Margot Robbie that like apparently is going to be really good as well. But anyways, I, I digress. Um, I was able to watch two movies in cinemas over the last eight days, which I'm very because. happy about. Green Knight and Suicide Squad. Okay. Yeah, let, let's talk about Green Knight now because I have to say that I really want to watch this film because it, it's an A24 movie and for some reason that like there's a there's a whole cult following for A24 movies and I, I, that's right, I want to watch it. Current Mr. Corman is A24 Productions. Ah, that's what okay, I forgot okay. to tell you. Yeah, so it's a bit zany. That's okay. how I want to... Okay, but um, yeah, like so... I shout out to Atul, Dr. Atul Jacob, who's one of our listeners. And from what I can tell, I think his baby listens to the podcast too. So when I first <laughs> met the baby, she loved me. So do you know what I mean? So we got to keep pumping this stuff out so that okay. all my friends' kids love me during the pandemic. Anywho, um, he, <laughs> he, he one time told me, he's like, I hate watching trailers because it gives away, a lot of them give away the entire movie. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? That's like, during like the Dark Knight, like during specific movies, I won't watch anything. Dark Knight, mm-hmm. uh, Infinity War, Mad Max, stuff like that. But like, I love like growing up. I used to love watching um, the trailer channel where it was either upcoming movies, like, yeah, pay per view, yeah. upcoming movies coming to theaters. Because like sometimes that's all we had, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was so yeah. So I didn't watch any trailers for this movie, and it was like a Dev Patel movie. Then I go, it's a big, big movie. So I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So I walk, I, I go into it. 
and um, it was no, a, no no spoilers by the way. I, I yeah, want to cinematography wise, it was great. Dev Patel was able to lead this film amazingly. Like he, it was very good. Uh, he was he was emotional. You were able to connect with him. Like it's about living up to your family name, right? So it, it was very a very interesting film in that sense. And then Vikander, uh, the girl who plays Tomb Raider. I'm sorry, I'm you guys are gonna continue. the new one. Alice, Alicia Vikander plays the his love interest and another character, um, and she does a very good job because there's like it's very like you know Aaron Sorkin has like those long, long monologues. Yeah, it was very similar where they would have some of those like they would have soliloquies where each of the actors would like once started the characters would go on like um, the one thing with the film that it was not IMAX or DVX, it was a regular. Okay. And okay. about third of the film was like Battle of Winterfell Dark. Okay, okay. So I was having trouble, like I was adjusting okay. my glasses, but I I did enjoy it. Walking it, if you walk in knowing you're not getting a Game of Thrones esque movie, you're getting more of a coming of age, Night's Tale, then you're you're gonna love it. Everyone yeah. in it's a, cl- a classic character actor, Joel Egerton, um, Dan Patel, Alicia Vikander, uh. Yeah, no, it was good. I enjoyed it. I think if when you watch it, maybe we'll do a podcast about it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, that's one thing uh, you reminded me of. Actually, is uh, talking about Green Knight. Um, I have joined recently joined a uh, A twenty four Facebook group. Okay, and it, it, it's it's a fucking the wild wild west. That whole group. You need to join it. it it's fucking hilarious. Like, but not hilarious in terms of where. It's obvious. It's hilarious. It's more like, <clears throat> okay, think about how, you know how I like Midsummer, and how uh-huh. I like Hereditary? These people in this 824 uh, Facebook group are basically circle jerking over <laughs> Midsummer <laughs> and Hereditary. And, but obviously, every now and then, there's, they talk about other films. And Green Knight was one of them. And um, before the film came out, Green Knight was like, they had that poster. It's like very colorful poster. It's a cool Edgar. fucking poster. Like that. Yeah. I would post that. Like, I would put that poster up because it's just, a, it's cool. It, it's it looks, just, yeah. It's like, it's like it's sharp as fuck, isn't it? Yeah. And I, that, that, I haven't even seen a trailer for it. I just seen the posters and I'm like, this seems like it's interesting. But as soon as the film came out, that film group was like, Oh no! This film sucked, and then fifty percent of it were like, "Oh, it, that that uh, this film is amazing." And and I'm like, I, I I'm been reading all the um all the reviews that people post on the people shit post on there, and people don't. There's a film, an A twenty four movie that came out recently called Zola, and I think it's about sex work and everything. And somebody posted the most sexist film review ever, and like <laughs> you should have seen the comment section. It was like everyone was going in on hard on him. I, I, his, it wasn't because he was sexist. It's because his review was fucking stupid as fuck. Mm-hmm. This guy was saying, oh, this film is fucking stupid. It should never be a film. And then the second half of the half of the review is him like saying, oh, but it was amazing. I, like, it, it was the cinematography was beautiful and this and that. He he was bipolar. I think it was because his, he has something against sex workers or something. Maybe his mother's one. Maybe, I don't know. Not that that's a problem, but for him, it, it quite clearly is. 
But yeah, I think we should do a whole podcast on A24 movies in the future. Like, even if it's, we don't have to watch all of them, we can just discuss ones we have seen, which ones we want to watch and upcoming films. What do you think? Yeah, I'm down. Like, it's, it's I've seen Lighthouse. I know that's one. Deuce, that's <laughs> Machina's one. Yes, yes, it is. Midsummer's one. Yeah, Hereditary. and uh, Hereditary's one. Mr. Corman's one, surprisingly. And Euphoria, that's an A24. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, okay. Okay, right on, yeah. right on. And, right um, arm, right arm. <laughs> there's another. Okay, and and terms, oh, sorry, I, I feel like I cut you off in terms of how you are. Like, what else is near with you? Um, uh, you know, uh, summer's opening. You know, what else could I say? Uh, enjoying life. Oh, you? How are you? How are you yeah. doing today? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And uh, so we'll we'll go back to me anyway. So <laughs> so like in terms of films I've seen, uh, there's a few a handful of films I've seen since the last podcast is a uh, Good Time, the Safdie brother film that I, I hadn't seen, and uh, what a wild fucking film that is! Like better than fucking Uncut Gems, right? I I want to say yes. See, what I feel like you if you already seen the Batman, then you're like, oh my god, no wonder this guy's fucking Batman. Like once you watch the Batman, this movie's gonna be like, okay, this is a great okay. fucking like I no no I, I, I loved I, it. I think Good Time is better than Okay Genesis, but it's not like a big margin. It's still the both two solid films in my opinion. I enjoyed I just think Uncut Gems is a bit overrated. I just I wrote like it's overrated though. Yeah, because everyone's like, oh, it's... everyone else go jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, people are like, I, oh, I Wolf of Wall Street, nah, bro. But also, <laughs> an, another film I watched was uh, Come and See. It's a Russian film film from 1985. Now, this is an interesting film because I had never even heard of this film. Even when I went through a list of like foreign films that are top listed films, this never was on that list unless I missed it. But I think it's because of you know the Criterion Collection. I feel like because it was on the Criterion Collection, it was like it was up there. Like it, as soon as it got mentioned, everyone started talking. Everyone started jumping on the bandwagon, and since everyone started watch it, that's not now. It's like on Letterboxd, it's like one of the highest rated films. Come and see. This is like an old film. It's not a new film at all. No, no, it's nineteen eighty-five. It came out. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm because I just oh, wow. Okay, I thought it was gonna be a newer one. But, no, but like it's it's wild though because like no one was talking about it until like I want to say the couple of years or last year, and because it's since I don't know when it came out in the Criterion Collection, but I have a feeling that's the reason why everyone's talking about it now, and it's it's since been rated like one of the top films on Letterboxd anyway, um, and I watched it. I whoa, it's a heavy movie. It's a really heavy movie. Just think. Um, like it's beautifully made for a really fucked up like subject. It's basically World War. I don't know. I think it's Belarus, like some kind of like civil war that they had. Not civil war. Sorry, it was a. It was like during world, one of the world wars, and it's about like they're against the Germans and uh, distinct Schindler's List, but longer shots of like the the misery. Do you know what I mean? 
Like Schindler's List oh. was pretty heavy already, but just think really long <laughs> stops and it, it was dark. But I enjoyed the the way it was filmed. The film was made, and then, I mean when you when you Google it, you just the the pictures don't look very fucking. Uh... Yeah, it, yeah. But you, but then again, before I watched this film, I was expecting like in terms of like in front of the camera, like blood and gore, dark shit. It wasn't anything like that. It was still respectful in terms of not showing too much like graphic. Mm-hmm. There is bits that are graphic, but like not in a way like it's it's not like a it's not a snuff film, but which I almost expected in a way because everyone's saying it's so fucked up this film, but it was like the depre- the depressing parts of the film were the long shots of this film, and you're really you're following this one kid throughout the war throughout his journey and you see him just like he he wants to join the war and then you see him slowly his life just like his, his life just going like to misery like it's it's dark uh, other than that there is a uh, a film so there's obviously there's a lot of films coming out this year but i've noticed in october um there's a lot of films i need to watch in cinema so th- we've got Ridley Scott's movie The Last Duel with uh, Adam Driver, Matt Damon, and Jodie Comer. Oh, that's an October release for you. Okay, that's a November yeah. one for us. Okay, okay, yeah, that's a good one. So that that seems like an interesting film. We've got Wes Anderson's French, The French Dispatch coming out in October. And uh, we've got... Dune's not coming. The Last Night in Soho, Edgar Wright's film. And then Dune comes out right at the end of October. That's going to be like, like we, I think we, you mentioned it as well. Like, oh, one of us mentioned it, like uh, saying, like, you know how everyone, like, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, this is going to be the next big thing, right? Like, this is going to be the next franchise film. You've seen who's in it. Like, it's just like, it's solid. It's solid. Yeah, yeah. So, and Dallas, uh, Dennis Villeneuve. I think that's how you pronounce his last name, but hopefully, yeah. I you just hope you just you want these type of directors to do well when they do their non superhero tenfolds. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Like Planet of the Apes. Yeah. The fact that, that those movies are so good, mm-hmm. a complete surprise. But then now we know Matt Reeves is legit. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And also, nonetheless, the long-awaited uh, next year, Time to Die, that's going to yeah. be coming out. Yeah, like, that's coming out <laughs> at the end of October. Well, predicted. I, I doubt that. Hopefully, it doesn't change now. Uh, and I, I think because the pandemic's over, they'll leave it at that date. But you never know. I hate to be that guy, but we have Shang-Chi coming in September. We have Eternals coming in November. Yeah. And then we should have Spider-Man Far No Way Home. No, no way, excuse me, in December. Oh, and before I forget, like, and I think this is in, like, November, December time, Ridley Scott has another film coming out, The House of Gucci, which looks fucking crazy. Like With Adam cast. Driver, Jared Leto, and Lady Gaga. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's the one to watch. That, I think, I hope, I want, that's my, sorry, that's my favorite for best film of all those films you said. I feel like, like, really? I feel like, you think, yeah? Yeah, I feel I, like that yeah. one can... 
I think so, so yeah. That... I think that is like a solid up there. But I, I'm more out of all the films I've mentioned. I think I'm more looking forward to the French Dispatch because I'm a big Wes Anderson film, uh, film, film fanatic. But um, yeah, other than that, even Dune, I'm like. I'm getting hyped for it, but like you know me with sci-fi films, I'm not a big fan, but I'm I'm down to watch it, like to see what happens, how I feel. It's funny they're doing a full Inter- Toronto International Film Festival in September, so they're doing sorry they're doing a full one, but they're also doing I believe they're doing you can like download films and watch them on your TV as they screen. Oh, okay, so like I love that because I didn't have to leave the house, but like this year it seems like everyone's coming because. Toronto and Canada are going to be fairly open, right? So it's, it's uh, it. so I'm hoping like uh, I think I forgot to, I didn't get tickets for early bird, but um, I know they're going to open in the, like the end of August. So you get to watch it on your phone. You you can if you want. You can if you want because what I would have to do is I would have to stream it from my laptop mm-hmm. and and then uh, watch it on my television. Okay, because there was no way to like do it directly, uh, but like yeah. But I watched Sound of Metal early. I watched um, there was a movie about uh, not mushrooms, but what's the other? Uh, but like they were, they were they were mushroom farmers, and they um, they would use pigs to like find the mushrooms. What was? The... Oh, we gotta watch that one Nicolas Cage movie, Pig. Pig. Yeah, that looks that looks crazy. That is that like John Wick, but like Nicolas Cage. It seems like it over a pig, right? Yeah. So, oh, it was called Truffle Hunters. I'm sorry. Yeah. Truffle. So it was a bunch of Italian guys who were just hunt for truffles. You know what truffles are, right? Like just all... yeah. Is is this a documentary or an actual like? Story it's a part? documentary, but it's just like a, it was a really slow one. It was one of those ones. I like that. No, 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 no. You don't like that. When it comes to film festivals, we've had a fairly good. Me and my brother have a fairly good track record, but like we've had like a 15 percent rate where like. The movies are really, really bad. And unfortunately, I've picked a few of them. Like, um, <laughs> who, who did the, the Tree of Life? Oh, I know who you mean. The one with the Brad Pitt in it? I don't know who did it. Um, I'll Google it real quick. Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick. Yeah. Terrence Malick did, like, a random film that premiered at TIFF. But it wasn't, like, a film. It was just, like, a bunch of, like, background screens for your laptop that were, like, nature Oh, and okay. just like some repeating the same shit over and over again. They're like, we're destroying the world. Uh, what was it? Was it the Voyage of Time? What the fuck? Yeah, it was the Voyage of Time. Oh, God. This was 90 minutes of like the just most awful movie ever. It was just someone like, <laughs> it was just over a bunch of like desktop, like background wallpapers of like the, like, of the world and just like, the human race is destroying the world. It was just over and over and over. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not that, like, what am I doing? I recycle. You, know <laughs> you, regret, you regret choosing that film as your fucking one of your selected films. Well, Terrence Malick is like, he only releases films like once every 10 years, right? So like, oh, fuck, yeah. do it, right? Uh, anyways, we should probably move on to the main feature. Yeah, let's get on. Let's get on with it. So let's start the show. Irish cricket right there, people. Okay, so the, the the film we're doing today is, as you probably already know, because you clicked on this podcast, it is the Suicide Squad, not to be mistaken for 
Suicide Squad, which is a fucking pile of shit, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that, Gary. No, it was not a good movie. It's fucking atrocious. Like I, I never rewatched that, and I, and and this, I rewatched like within a few days, only because it was made available to me by means I will not share. But um, but this one, HBO yeah, so, yeah, that's it, that's it, yeah. Even though it's not available in the UK, but we won't talk about that. Anyway, the Suicide Squad, a two-hour, twelve-minute film written and directed by James Gunn. Our sixth episode, no, our fourth episode, excuse me. James oh, yeah, James Gunn, yeah. Sorry, I, 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 lost, I got lost there for a second. I don't know, what the fuck are you about? Yeah, so that episode, we did do a uh, episode on James Gunn. And um, one thing I just want to say, like you reminded me, we mentioned something on that podcast when we discussed suicide, the Suicide Squad um, coming out. We mentioned how um, that we had a theory about the writing, like how James Gunn, when he writes on his own, his films are still good, but they're not like amazing. And I just got to say, because we even predicted then, like we don't know how this is going to play out. So we will have to watch it and see. And because he written this on his own, it, it went beyond my expectations. What do you think? Okay, so we're going non-spoiler right now, right? At the moment, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I um, I, I was ready. So I watched this movie in theaters after I watched it on HBO Max because they did a live screening. So um, I watched it the enjoyment of my own home. I was, I finished a Thursday night shift. I was able to watch the movie. Um, I. I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I, I am so, like I normally I don't throw so much affection of, of movie, but it was just it, it's vi- like nowadays when you watch superhero films, other than like the Joker, it's very rare where you get like I don't have to watch twenty fucking movies beforehand to understand this movie. I don't have to watch any movies to understand this movie. To be quite honest, That's right? Yeah, right. So it's um other than like Harley Quinn. Every one of these guys are like very, very like D E F less villains. Yeah. Um, but the actors that they got, um, I like I the reason I love this movie was because everyone shined. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you think about Polka Dot Man shined, uh, Ratcatcher shined, Peacemaker shined, uh, Bloodsport shined. Um, everyone had that moment, like of like screen time where everyone was like glued to the screen for that character there wasn't anyone that i was like oh that's that's a character that can just piss off now and like it, it was great and i both dying to uh get to the spoiler section part of this film because we're gonna end up accidentally doing it anyway mm-hmm. so i'm gonna say this right now so anyone who's listening who hasn't seen the film and don't want any spoilers pause it right now and come back after you've seen the film because we are going to go balls deep in this bitch. Right? We're giving you three seconds. Three, two, one, and spoiler zone. Right? So, go. So, so <laughs> let's start. Okay, so the original premise apparently for this movie was for Superman to go rogue and the Suicide Squad to go against Superman. Okay. So now, we assume that Superman, uh, let's say Starro, t- 
uses telepathy and connects with Superman on a different wavelength. Mm-hmm. And he comes to the island, he gets starrowed, and then uh, he just starts attacking the island at first. And so mm-hmm. the Suicide Squad's fighting Superman, which I feel like probably would have been the case because we would be able to fight Superman and then fight Starro with Superman in the movie okay. if Henry Cavill and WB were on the good on good terms. Okay, yeah. Um, but the movie for it is it, it's great. Like um, Starro was the first villain for the Justice League. Uh, he's been in um, Justice League Unlimited, which is the cartoon series, which is probably one of the best adaptations for. Justice League. You say Starro, as in you mean the big Starro? Yeah. Okay, so that's an actual big villain. I, I thought they just made that shit up for the sake of this film. No, as of recent, he's become the he's become Robin. He literally wears a Robin suit and becomes like Batman sidekick because he's the good Starro. Uh, when you say Starro, you mean the fucking big massive star. In this case, he's a bit smaller. Probably okay. about the size of a monkey, but um, oh, okay. In in the there's two Starro episodes. There's one in Justice League Unlimited and just in Batman Beyond. Okay, okay. And instead of them killing you when they attach to your face, they give you like your deepest desires. So for Batman, mm-hmm. it's that his parents don't die. For Superman, it's Krypton doesn't get destroyed. Um. Yeah. So there, okay. like, in Superman's Fortress of Solitude, he has like a zoo, and the star was in the zoo, and he got let out. But uh, we digress. So, um, it's this movie starts off with a gigantic set piece. Um, you intru- you're in- introduced to a fairly big squad of Suicide Squad members. Uh, there's obviously Rick Flag played by Joel Kinnelman. There's Harley Quinn played by Margot Robbie. There is uh, Dick Hertz, played by Pete Davidson. Um, yeah. There's Nathan Fillion, who's playing... Uh, uh, fuck, DTF? He's playing, like, it's like... TDK. TDK, I'm sorry. That's Nathan Fillion, yeah. Yeah, Michael Rooker was playing... Uh, Savant or Savant? Savant. Savant, yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Yep, uh, there was Weasel played by uh, Sean James Gunn. G- Sean Gunn, James Gunn's son. Is it his son? Uh, his brother. Sorry, excuse me. I'm sorry. I was like, what the fuck, man? He looks like he's like two years older than him. <laughs> and then I think we're missing Javelin played by Flula Borg. Who I... uh, and then uh, oh no, this, sorry, uh, Mei Ling Ning, by, uh, who plays uh, Mongol, Mongol, mm-hmm. Mongol. And then, obviously, you already mentioned Captain Boomerang, but... Played by Jai Courtney. So, it's funny, yo, um, this Mongol, the lady one, Mm -hmm. her brother runs a planet called War World, where they, like, just, like, kidnap people, and then just have, like, a Hulk Restore-esque type, like, battle. Oh, so they set set up a war? They set up, no, they set up, like, a a coliseum, and then two people just fight to the death, pretty much. Oh, okay, okay. So I think at one point Superman gets kidnapped and because the sons aren't there, he doesn't get the same power that he has. Oh, so he's shit. stuck there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it was interesting that they brought him, her in because he's a potential villain that they could use. But like, anywho, but yeah, like they start off, there's a huge set piece where all these people are like like running yeah. into like a, a jungle like it's Cuba. 
Yeah, and, and it, it threw it threw me off guard. This whole thing did. I was in my head. This was, I think. Well, I hope everyone else was in the same boat as me. I was expecting, oh, this is the Suicide Squad, and the rest will come soon. Like the ones that we see on the post that are mainly there, like obviously Bloodsport and everyone like that, and the Peacemaker and all that, because they're not there in this plane at the time. But mm-hmm. you think, okay, this is something's gonna. This is they're all gonna join merge soon, and then. All of a sudden, one by one, they just—it's a big massive bloodbath of them just one by one dying, and you're like, "Oh, oh, okay." So, <laughs> I saw Pete Davis's character being the rat. I don't know why. I just knew as, he was... as in the rat, as in like like when he was walking, this... like this motherfucker. I know this. I saw this coming a mile away. So essentially, Pete Davis's character tells the the country that they're invading. <laughs> so they we, we, so we we didn't. So the Suicide Squad's given a mission to invade a, 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 an island country that has an old World War II Nazi like science tower. Yeah, yeah like it's a, a gigantic tower, five, right? Yeah. So they have to extract the information and demolish the tower. That's their, their goal. But, and am I correct in saying that in Justice League, they do mention this area, but not about this, not what the mission is, but that the setting of this place, like this Rottenheim, wherever it is? Then I... I, But it's nothing to do with this Star Wars thing, though, but it's... They did mention it, but, like, yeah. I thought they mentioned, um... St. Lucia? Uh, Okay. It's Bane's hometown. Uh, Is it anywhere near that place, or not? It's it, pretty much right. It's okay, like okay. I, I was surprised they didn't use that one. Okay, okay. But yeah, carry on. So yeah, so like literally, these guys jump into the water and they jump like they literally launch themselves. Like those no, are they jump into the water, swim to the beach like a D Day. <laughs> Weasel dies straight away because he can't fucking swim. Yeah, <laughs> which they it didn't seem like they did a lot of research. They just seem to throw a bunch of these guys together. Yeah, because you realize at the end that like, they were the diversion. They didn't give a fuck, really, right? Well, that's yeah, that's the thing. Like once uh, they get to the beach, we get the army come in. They get attacked. Everyone does their own thing, other than Harley and Rick Flag, yeah. and everyone dies. Yeah, Rick Flag gets like kidnapped. And then Harley gets detained by the military. Yeah. But we, me and you both... I think I told you this where I said, like, guard, if... I feel like 20% of the team is going to die within the first 10 or 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One person I was surprised died was Captain Boomerang. Ah, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Because I saw him in the first one and I thought he was, like, a good character. Like, and when, you, when they start the movie... Uh, when, they start, when they start the mission... You're actually in Savant, Michael Rooker's point of view's character. And we won't say how he dies, but he dies like a little bitch. What we can say is a spoiler section. But he, he, yeah. He He flees and his head explodes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He basically shits himself because he sees everyone else dying around him. He's like, oh, I have no chance. It was like that. I'm sorry. It was like the Rick and Morty episode where they were like, hey, Rick, do you see that? That samurai guy, I bet you he's gonna be the best guy. <laughs> he stabbed himself <laughs> first. It was that was the sperm episode? Remember where? Make sure you tell Kelly Ireland. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, and then so, sorry, sorry, so, so, yeah. So let's so essentially everyone but Rick Flag and Harley Quinn dies. Yeah, 
And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the movie, the movie does a, a great, has a great use of um, title cards during the actual film because there's a lot yeah. of like, uh, they'll go back eight days, they'll go back yeah. eight minutes. Oh, sorry, they go back three days, they'll go back eight minutes. They'll say meanwhile, or they'll say this. there's a lot of like titles, like saying there's title a lot cards. of title cards. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the search for Harley Quinn or like Operation the, Harley, Operation yeah, or like Time, whatever it's called, the place. And it's all done, yeah. And it's all done with whatever's in the area. So, for example, when they're on the beach, it'll say now with like the leaves or whatever, like the beach, like any like gust of wind will blow it all to say now. The fire says Operation Rotten or whatever there, Operation Harley. It's just pretty great. I love how the movie flowed. That's the thing, like, it wasn't obviously not a realistic film, but it felt like the most realistic take. On a film that, like, on the like, what would happen if normal like people like this were here? Like, okay, this is yeah, that's true. Yeah, it it flowed well, and it was just like, yeah. So eventually, we see uh, Idris Elba's character, Bloodsport. Uh, We see the the Weasel character played by Sean Gunn. Yeah, Uh, we see Ratcatcher Two played by uh, super super hot. I know I have like a man crush. Oh, man crush. I have a crush on any anyone merely attractive, but Daniela Melchior, Melchior, uh, and then John Cena as Peacemaker, and then sorry, Sylvester Stallone as King Shark. Yeah, King Shark. You can tell in in a way if he obviously it's easy to tell when you know he's that guy, but like you can hear it. <laughs> so spoil, spoiler alert there's three game uh guardians of the galaxy uh four sorry so there's michael rooker of course yondu yeah there's sylvester solo nathan fillion who played Good like yondu's old crew remember yeah, them two yeah, were there Daniel, yeah um palm palm clemente mantis mm-hmm. she's one of the dancers in the club Oh okay, um, and, and I think that's and then of course Sean Gunn. Yeah, Sean brother. Gunn. He's yeah. Weasel. Yeah, um, and uh, there's one other one. There's some other act- actress who does a little mini cameo called Michaela something. Michaela, she's like one of the uh, governor's like wives or something that gets blood splattered all over her face. When when the when the military when the rebels come into the house and they start shooting everyone. Mm-hmm. There's one other one, but it's not important. But she is in one of the. I think she's in like Endgame and Guardians as well. Like a quick, trust me to only re- remember the like, the hot ones. <laughs> well, there's this like Polka Dot Man was in The Dark Knight. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah. in, he, he was, was in the, the Flash, apparently. Yeah, he was an Ant Man. He was one of the. He was a Ti in. Uh, yeah, Michael. I I remember him in Dark Knight is when he's in the crowd, right? And he's like, schizophrenic that like. Harvey then tries to like throttle yeah. to figure out. He was in the league, our favorite sh- TV show. <laughs> Your favorite TV show, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's a like, great, yeah. it's a raunchy fest. You would love it. But um, so while like this is happening, the second qu- squad is invading the island, mm-hmm. and as they're invading the island, everything's just going to shit with the first squad. So yeah. their first uh, act is to rescue Rick Flag. Yeah. 
So these guys go, they find the base, and they just kill every. <laughs> this is my favorite because I kind of, I kind of saw it coming, but I was like, no man, they're just killing these people. There's way too many guys. We can't kill this many people. And in this time when they're killing them at all, it's mainly Bloodsport and Peacemaker, which are doing a little like banter in between each other, like they, they, because at the start of the like before they when they introduce everyone, they should um. What's her name again? Uh, Viola Davis's character, Amanda Man Waller. Waller. Yep. She's um, telling, convinces Bloodsport to be the leader. Um, and she's gathering all the troops. And he's like, literally, when the when it comes to Peacemaker, she's explaining what he does. And, and she's like, and Bloodsport's like, what well, he literally does everything I do. So, like, fast forward to the mission. He's trying to like say to Peacemaker, well, they're both saying it to each other that they're better than each other. Right. And they, as they're killing all these people in this jungle, they're like doing little weird trick shots and like outdoing each other. And I, I just found that hilarious. Like the, it was top notch banter. John Cena was yeah. absolutely one of the highlights of the film. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and it makes sense because like, James Gunn's already made a 10-episode series for HBO Max. Shot, filmed, written, everything. I said okay. it in the wrong order, but whatever. But it's <laughs> airing soon. In the... the Peacemaker TV show, right? Yeah. How many episodes? Do you know anything? Any uh, details? Ten. ten episodes. Ten. I believe he wrote and directed all... He wrote all of them. Okay. But yeah, like, that's how good his character was in... I uh, I really like Polka Dot. At first, I was like, "What does he do?" It like literally what uh, the whole gang, the whole Suicide Squad was saying, "What the fuck does this Polka Dot guy do? What does he do? Shoot out Polka Dots or something?" Yeah. And then he literally does it. He's like, "Oh shit!" He literally shoots out Polka Dots that are like fucking melt your face. And could have, yeah, like he he was, <laughs> yeah. And he just pictures his mom for everything. That, I love, I I love the commitment to that. There was just like it was, oh. <laughs> but we haven't mentioned the fact that the the soundtrack for the film was a B. That's what that's literally my next. It was point. a B plus. You know what I mean? It wasn't out the park, but it was a good. It was like the, this is literally what I wrote. I wrote it like the soundtrack was pretty decent, not solid. But still good. I think it's because we have the expectations of James Gunn and Game uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and we have like kind of like up his heel up the game a bit. But but then again, I feel like he was trying to not focus on that because he doesn't want to make Guardians of the Galaxy. He wants there, to make a separate thing. Agreed, because there wasn't like one song that like oh remember this one because like if you think about like Guardians One was all mm-hmm. like but then Guardians Two even though there wasn't as many good songs. The Fleetwood Mac song at the end, I, the the chain. The chain. When you yeah, think yeah, about that. Yeah, now you think of that. Like, you know what I mean? That is stuck in your head, right? So, I, it's I, still, like, yeah. Like, the only one I can remember is uh, I, I forget the uh, the song title is that Johnny Cash fell, um, song in the prison one. I think it's the only track you can get is the one he did live at the uh, at, at a prison, and it was uh, when it was on when uh, Savant was like throwing his ball around his little thing and that mm-hmm. song is that the first song that came on really I think and uh, that is what I remember but having said that I forgot the fucking name of the song but uh, yeah this soundtrack was yeah pretty decent but didn't tickle my balls or anything so yeah so 
as John Cena, Peacemaker, and Bloodsport, Idris Elba have their dick measuring contest, um, <laughs> they come upon the tent where Rick Flag's being held, and they realize he's being held by familiar friends, and he's not being held a prisoner. He's they're, basically re- they're basically rebels that are like fighting against <laughs> the same people. And... <laughs> They literally killed the whole army, right? Like almost every single person, their little <laughs> rebel army, are being destroyed. And let's not forget, they weren't just killed; they were killed for sport, almost. Let's, let's... <laughs> At one point, some guy sleeping, and John Cena came and gets like a machete and just like whacks him like ten times. Yeah, he walks up him. He walks over him. He goes, stabs him to death, and it is crazy. Uh, I really enjoyed that scene itself. It was pretty hilarious. Like they were just trying to outdo I, each other. I just stopped at that point for a bit, just because like this is this movie's. That's why I knew this movie's <laughs> gonna be great. Because like, you know, whether what this, this is gonna... we didn't even stop that star. I knew Starro was coming too, right? I was like, yeah, <laughs> we didn't even supposed, like started with him at this point. And then we have. Then it goes to, uh, of course, them. Grabbing the thinker, if that's his name, right? The thinker, played by Doctor Who. Um... Doctor Who, that's literally him, right? And and he's in the thick of it. Oh my god, you need to watch the thick of it. It's a British TV show. Peter Capaldi. It's... Peter Capaldi, guys. Sorry. Have, have you seen the thick of it? Is a TV show, a, a British TV show. Um, it's about like the cabinet, like is in like um, the governing, like you know, like. The government, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's in it, and he's a fucking foul-mouthed prick. And it's pretty hilarious. You know how he is in this film? Actually, he's not in anything like that. But he is... He is a bit of a... His Doctor Who is a bit of sass. Yeah, literally. Just think about that. He, he just come back after comeback after comeback in this the thick of it. But anyway, we I, I digress. I use your line there. Um... Yeah, so they go to the strip club where they know he is at, just to get him out. And that that scene was wasn't that much, uh, wasn't that great. Like, other than actually, I, having said that, they have a few drinks while they're waiting for the thinker to pop up, and that was. But the song was all right. The song I can't even remember yeah. the song. That's the thing. Like, I wish I, I could can. tell you. Like, I feel like it's like a little dance song, like an actual dance song. Like, it wasn't anything special. But I enjoyed, like, how everyone was having the time of our life, almost. And the polka doll was dancing. And he was dancing in between his mom. Like, he just saw his Yeah, that was, that was where the guy, oh, this is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually, they, uh, yeah, like, nothing too crazy happens. Like, they, it's a big car chase. Not a car chase, actually. They're in the back. They get caught by uh, the, well, a few of them do. There's a... Uh, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and Rick Flag, they get caught by the gov, the, the people that they're after uh, after them. And then, uh... right, right. So, the government, we there's a government portion uh, here where they that, yeah. discover who Starro, what he's capable of, and decide yeah. to use him as a weapon against the world. Um, the president, I believe, uh, while this is all happening, the president has. He's part of the military who's kidnapped Harley Quinn, and he yeah. tries to seduce her to make her his. Is he the president or is he the? He's the king. He's like yeah, he's a king. Yeah, yeah. 
Is he the king? Yeah. Okay, uh, but he like he's trying to make her. Like, remember, he's calling her princess, right? So that's the thing. Yeah, he's and called, he, like he's he, you say he tries to seduce it, like he gets her to the T. Like oh, he, he does. Oh, everything. he does seduce her. Yeah, he yeah, seduces he, her too well. He, like really well. She's like head over heels. Yeah, literally. Ayo. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a weird like sex scene in there. Well, it's not that weird. It, it, like, I, I'm trying not to see like like her pale skin. I feel like it's all makeup. It kind of obviously is. But you can you can kind of see it when he grabs her hand to kiss her on the hand. You can kind of see like it, it, it. It's like a coat of like white, whatever it is, like, makeup, whatever it is. You can see it. And uh, but meanwhile. Well, she's uh, she's been seduced by him, blah blah blah, and he asks her to marry her, and she says yeah. So I, I believe she says that she says yeah or something, and then he's like, yeah, now I can be a very strong man now. Now that I have a am married to a princess, and everyone will take me seriously, and then he starts going on this little wild tangent on like a, a wild little mini rant on how he can he's gonna make them all suffer and may the children and all the children die and blah 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 and then this is when he turns around to her and then she just like she shoots him and you're like oh, oh okay didn't see that happening oh, we kind of saw that coming like it was one of the predictions like you kind of saw something happening here and uh, so that happens and she's like has a little um, little girl talk to herself saying like uh if i have i have promised myself if i saw any red flags i'll kill them and she does and then she gets caught obviously by the guards and then there's a the big old torture scene where she's chained up on i'll put up like the hands are tied and she's like dangling off of off the ceiling and they're using is it like electric current or something like that the electrocuting her right you see, see her toes curl up and shit. Probably that was uh, all her. Yeah, that. Yeah, literally. Yeah, like the, I, I don't she see did her, all those. I, everything yeah. that was filmed was there was no stunt double for that scene. That that was amazing. Though. Like that was like it. One thing I wrote this down as well. It kind of reminded me a bit, like you know, because she's singing mm-hmm. to herself at the same time. Do you rem- remember the torture scene in True Romance where she's just getting beaten up by yeah. uh, James Gandolfini? Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's not singing in it. The background music is like really like proper, like it's kind of a, with the with the mood of the whole scene. And, and she's like laughing at him almost. And like it kind of reminds me of that. But obviously True Romance torture scene was a bit more like a bit more brutal because he's just getting punched in the face and she's not the type to get hit in the face. But this... I think, uh, sorry, <laughs> I think we have to just shout out Margot Robbie in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's, she's, I feel bad because this is probably the first really good movie she's done as Harley Quinn. As Harley Quinn, yeah. But this isn't the first time she's done well as Harley Quinn. I feel like mm-hmm. that casting is, uh, I feel like it's, Robert Downey Jr. level, it's the Chris Pratt level. It's it's just it's the perfect like casting. She graces it. Unfortunately, she hasn't got any great great films to showcase what she's able to do. You know what I mean? But like, 
I feel like it's all that's all down to like obviously it's it's down for the films being poor. Like yeah, it's all this, yeah. No, 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 but like she yeah. did well, and like Birds of Prey was okay, but this she just hit it out the park. I I thought she did an amazing job, and it's just funny because Harley's Harley, she was able to get out of being tortured, mm-hmm. and as this is happening, Rick flagging the team is trying to extract her. To go on with the mission. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So they finally they do Operation Harley. They're trying to, uh, they they all like getting. They got a plan together to break her out. They kill everyone and then that. But in that time that they're there, Harley Quinn does the whole thing of uh, getting her way out of there. She so as she's going out, this is like I think this was one of the probably the best fights like action scene of the film she's basically brutalizing everyone she's like fucking equilibriuming fucking with the guns of every angle shooting everyone around her and then there's a weird montage of her slow motion doing and then there's flowers in the background yeah like it just appeared out of nowhere i didn't understand the the reason why it started yeah there's no reason (laughs) it was wild though it kind of i haven't seen birds of prey but the poster for it kind of had that vibe to it, right? With the flowers in the background and a really colourful background. I'm sure that was in there. But like, that scene is all slow motion. She's like beating the shit out of every guard and everything like that. And And she ends up finding Javelin's Javelin. Yeah, she finds it. Because obviously she had it from the start, right? She said, we forgot to mention that. When when she... Her and Javelin had a connection before the mission started. (laughs) Uh, yeah, because there's accent, and then he dies instantly. And then he Indeed. gives her before he dies, he gives her the like, javelin, and he, she's like, "You think it's like a little cute moment?" And then she's like, she starts slapping him really hard in the face. Like, who do I pass this to? Who? He didn't say who. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that caught me off guard as well. That was hilarious. Uh, but yeah, anyway, they finally get the javelin, and then they go out. She goes out. She gets, she calls a taxi with blood all over her face, and this taxi driver clearly doesn't care. Like it's probably normal around there to walk around with blood and a fucking javelin in your hand. And uh, then, as she is about to answer where to go, she sees the Suicide Squad, and she goes checks out. And uh, I'm describing the whole scene, but <laughs> everyone's who's seen it has seen it, right? And, and it was pretty. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, so they extract Harley and then they invade the tower where they realize that what's actually happening is Starro is able to make stars and take over other people's bodies and kind of be like a parasite. So when they walk into his like chamber, there's just like a prison of like 50 or 60 people with stars in their faces and they're yeah. experimenting on them and they like so this, at this point, Ratcatcher and Bloodsport have made a bit of a connection. And Ratcatcher, I think Rick Flag and Peacemaker are all... No, and The Thinker are all there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they... They see, like, they're, they're testing all these people. So essentially, in this case, human, human dead. And they're just like a... A being for Starro to yeah, they're not they're not like their own life form even they're just 
a just, sentient being for Starro. But I don't know. I don't know because I feel like some of them said one. Uh, I swear, one of them said like he's been torturing me for thirty years. Save us! I swear, one of them says that. No, but that's Starro saying it. Because okay. think about it: if one of these people are being tortured, Starro feels it as well. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like that's this is just him talking between or within whatever among them. Okay. Yeah, among them. Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. One thing I didn't anticipate was Starro's fucking huge, bro. He's like <laughs> yeah, the Eiffel Tower, big. He's like, <laughs> but th- that's what I mean. That's why I said like I was confused when you said he's dressed up as Robin in one of the anime scenes. So he's, he's that's, very that's why small. I was confused. That's why I was he's, really confused. Right? He's probably one of the face hugger size ones. Okay, okay, okay. At that point, but yeah, it was. Uh, eventually, Starro gets released because Peacemaker has an alternative mission to extract the hard drive and destroy the hard drive. Of no, course, I, I, I feel like they all had that same mission, but because they were diverting, Peacemaker wanted to keep it to peace, and but like. One thing I want to say as well, as soon as this operation, when as soon as they get into this building of this big tower, this science building thing, it was, I don't know how to describe it, but like every single character, because they had their own, they all got their own little mission to do. They have King Shark doing his own little thing, making the entire movie, like, the entire movie, the entire movie. He's just roaming around on his own and he's like doing he's doing part of the plan and then like wandering off and like he just so happens to leave or sorry be in the same area and like looking around when everyone's already left to do the next part of the mission and like I feel like every single part of this end scene in that building was pretty wild like how like there's an explosion and they went oh what was that you, you don't like get ex- you don't get uh, told what it was, but until it says eight minutes earlier, and then he goes mm. to the scene, and then that, and then you have. It's wild how you think, oh, how did he like at the end? He's right at the top. Uh, Bloodsport is, and obviously Peacemaker's got fucking rat catcher with a with a gun to her head because she's about to uh, give away the whatever the, the data thing, and then all of a sudden he comes down Bloodsport platform by platform like there's every single thing about that this whole section of the film is like action-packed like wildest of an imagination action-packed the the set scenes for cgi were just they were great yeah even the fact that there wasn't too preposterous because it was just it just kind of just worked like they eventually just built up to that right so yeah (laughs) by the time the starfish gets out and they're attacking everyone. They just at this... At, at this at this point, at the point that that fucking stars out, their mission in terms of what fucking Amanda Waller has given them has been accomplished. They can walk away, but then they're like, you know, what? they get a bit of heart in them and like, let's kill this motherfucker. And the, what what's the nickname he gives him? Uh, the thing he gives it, Starro the Conqueror. <laughs> the yeah, best name ever. And then the title card comes up. Suicide card versus Star of the Conqueror. Right, right, like, right. I love it. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, like even the we whole did, fight. Yeah, 
we crossed over the fact that Peacemaker was trying to, and Rick Flag fought, and Peacemaker killed him, which was a great fight scene, I thought. And then Peacemaker and Bloodsport had a, a, a duel where Bloodsport took him out. First. He shoots him with a smaller bullet, right? Yeah, pretty much. So he shoots him. The Peacemaker's bullet is exploded. But, like, and... even even with that, like, it, it was like a little arc of a mini story of, like, at the start of the film, they, he talks, he, uh, I think Peacemaker gives him the idea, doesn't yep. he? He says, like, oh, ow. Like, when they're trying to measure each other's dicks and everything like that, they're saying, like, oh, my, my, bu- I'll make smaller bullets. So it, like, blah, blah, blah. It, yeah, it's harder it, to make to hit the target with a smaller bullet, right? Like, yeah, yeah that's it. And then he didn't smaller target. And then he says it to him. He's, he's like, ow. While he's dying. And he goes, smaller bullets. And then he walks away. It's like fucking badass. I loved it, man. Yeah, it was a great move. Like, their, their banter, Idris Elba and Peacemaker's banter during the entire Bloodsport and Peacemaker's banter was, was great. Yes. Okay. And they and, built up and they, yeah. And even like, little, oh, we might even mentioned the little baby fucking, the little Se- uh, Sebastian? Rat. Sebastian the, the Rat. <laughs> Sebastian the Rat. We didn't talk about how adorable that motherfucker was. So Ratcatcher's uh, power is that she can control rats and do it, like, yeah. make them do what she wants. And uh, she becomes the most powerful Suicide Squad member, pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah, because she uses the fucking rats to kill the fucking Starro, right? But one thing I wanted to mention, actually, because Polkadot has his little thing. He can, obviously, he's like... He, he just takes out Starro's leg, man. Yeah, he gets a leg, but then he's like, I'm a fucking, I'm a superhero. He finally has like a happy moment. Then all of a sudden, the other leg comes and slices him off the fucking ground and he dies straight away. And then we him. have the rat catcher who, no, sorry, we have uh, Bloodsport shooting and distracting him with his little fucking weird gadgets that make no sense. Like, what's the point of hyper-extending that fucking gun and just doing that shit? Oh, yeah, the one shotgun scene where he's just (laughs) shotgunning. Yeah, he's shooting the the fucking thing here, the star, the fucking starro, and then, like, that doesn't do much other than distract and make him look at Bloodsport and then walk away. And then we have Ratcatcher, who just gets all the rats to go into his little fucking armpit vagina, whatever you want to call that Star Wars fucking thing. And then one thing I want to ask you, Gary, right? How pointless was Margot, uh, sorry, Harley Quinn just going in with the fucking javelin? Because as soon as she gets in the eye, she just sees all the rats in there, like, doing the job for her anyway. So it was kind of pointless for her to even do anything. Well, they needed an entry point, I guess. No, they were already in, I think. No, they were at that point. They weren't in at that no, point. No, they were. They were inside the fucking armpit vagina. It's pointless. <laughs> I like. I was just surprised. Like all those rats who got in the eye are just gonna like drown. So what? They're like peacemaker, right? They're like anything will happen for peace. I'll do anything for peace, <laughs> even if it. Yeah, I'll do anything for peace, even if it means I'm me slaughtering and killing everyone in the room. Right? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> That's what they can do as well, <laughs> and I just loved it. And then fucking King Shark just wanders back with like bite marks and shit all over him. Like 
I the more and more I talk about this film, the more and more I enjoy it. Like thinking about it. Well, yeah. So we go towards the end of the film, where at this point it's only Ratcatcher, King Shark, Bloodsport, and Harley Quinn alive. Uh, they succeed at their mission. Um, so while this is all going on, Amanda Waller tries to like blow them all up when they try to fight Starro. Because she wants yeah. them to just dip right after because their mission's done. They were able to get the, the U.S. government any of their say in Starro out of the way kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Amanda Waller's team actually like knocked her in the head with a golf club and prevented yeah. her from blowing them up unless they actually destroy and kill Starro. Yeah, I, the one thing I want to mention as well, uh, throughout the film, like they have their own little arc as well, where they're watching uh, Amanda, what, what keep forgetting her name, Amanda Waller's character like being a pretty ruthless bitch, which she has always been, but like then they, everyone at that headquarters at the, in front of the monitors and that are catching on to them, like thinking like, are you really going to do that? Like, that's fucked up. They're kind of realizing that she's actually a pretty big villain. So they obviously eventually, they realize they're going to kill these guys that are doing something good at the moment, even though they're bad people. And then that's the reason why they hit her over the head, because she's about to go crazy. And one thing I want to mention is well, one last thing about them. At the start, at the start of the film, before the big... You know, when everyone, all the other Suicide Squad, the 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 Divergent, the, the, the Divergent team, Divergent team, they're all, like everyone in the office are like sending, like trying to put bets in. Yeah, yeah. Of like, who's going to die first and everything like that. And then fucking Am- Am- Amanda Waller comes in like, what the fuck's going on here? It's like pretty funny. One thing I like, though, like, this movie had, like, a filter almost to it. Not in the entire movie, but it had, like, the the nice guys. Remember the nice guys with Russell Crowe and yeah. Ryan Gosling or, like, Superbad, where it was just, like, a very, like, one of those, like, 70s theme, like, no, West, like, a West, not a Western, but, like, maybe a 70s cop theme, because that's, like, the, the title card artwork they would use kind of situation. Yeah. But it, so we reached the end of the Suicide Squad. And there is an after credit scene. There is one? Yeah, you didn't see it? Oh, for fuck's sake. Not again. What no, there it? is. No, 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 I'm not fucking with you. I'm not fucking... There is one. Just tell me. Tell me. Tell me what happens. Is there anything that I need to watch? Peacemaker lives. He lived. The blonde girl and the fat guy with a beard get the uh, discipline, and they have to partner with Peacemaker. And that's their own Suicide Squad. So that's going to be the basis of the show. I thought the show was going to be ah, a, a prior to the movie. I yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm going to watch that right now. Um, on, uh, yeah, I'm going to go cinema just to watch... Uh, yes, or, the, or, the, yeah, or HBO Max. Uh, the <clears throat> yeah, in the UK, HBO Max <clears throat> is available just for me. <clears throat> well, I meant YouTube, YouTube. You know, HBO, YouTube. They might have it on yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good old YouTube has <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean, we... We did, this was a, if you listen to this entire podcast, I very much thank you. I want you to text me the word flower lotus, and I'll give you five whole dollars. Or you could just, like, get vaccinated so we know you are alive. 
Yeah, yeah, people get vaccinated, all right? That's the thing. That's how we're going to prevent this fourth wave. The U.S. just has forgot about their second dose, so they do not care, but... Fuck the U.S. They're the, the, the dumbest people ever. Like, I know this is pretty bad to say, because uh, out of the eight people that watch it <laughs> listen to our podcast, we don't know if one of them are American. Yeah, we yeah, might need yeah. one. We but... might have a Trump supporter. We got to make sure they know, hey, we... Yeah, we, we don't want you listening. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can't fake it, man. Okay. No, that's good, man. We need to do. I feel like we're doing a little gap in between podcasts. It's a pretty good thing at the same time. But as much as I love doing these podcasts, so let's just go with the flow. See what happens, right? Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, we just have to make sure, like, there's not too much time because we do we. we Banter a little bit too much sometimes. No, that's fine. That's oh, I thought you hated that. You I hated did at best. first, but then like let, let's just as long as it's film related, let's keep doing that. You know yeah, what I mean? Like enough. banter between is fine as long as it's film related. I feel like I only hate that when it when we start talking about sports. Like, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like sports. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm trying to avoid it. But anyway, let, let's uh, let's call it. Quits. Let's uh let's end this podcast. Everyone's All right, so everyone, yeah. you get vaccinated, you stay safe. The world has opened up, so we just gotta be smart with it. Yeah, uh, please check in on your loved ones if they're quiet, and uh, yeah, and uh, watch Ted Lasso. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't watch that. Um, watch Suicide Squad and maybe some Ted Lasso. If you. Oh yeah, really... watch Suicide. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one actually. <laughs> and Ted Lasso too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So to conclude, um, yeah, suck a bag of dicks, guys. If you haven't been vaccinated, unless you have reasons that you can't get vaccinated, which is fine. But other than that, um, don't do drugs unless it's free. Good night. Have a good one. You've been listening to Diluted Film Dive. Follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Diluted Film Dive. You gonna do something or just stand there and bleed? Thanks for listening.